Hello, 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 and welcome everyone to this uh, very first episode, or should I say the episode zero, the pilot episode of this new podcast. It's called the Economical Rice Podcast, and I'm your host, Danny, and what we aim to do this show is we aim to serve you the greens of capitalism in our daily lives. All right, so very briefly, this pilot episode is going to be a short and sweet introduction into what we're trying to do and sort of the underlying principles of how we're going to go about doing what we what we want to do here. And so we're going to start out with uh, goals or aims. And I have about, I think it's four here listed out. Uh, half of them are going to talk about the content side, which is um, talking about why I want to focus on finance and economics as a theme for this show. The other half is going to be on the podcasting side or why I decided to go choose podcasts as, ev- as an avenue to deliver content instead of other different avenues such as, you know, through YouTube or through blog sites or through, you know, even more traditional outlets such as TV or radio or the newspaper. All right, so let's uh, begin with the first goal, and that is to learn more about the economics of the real world through research or the experience of others. Now, what I mean by this is that I've noticed uh, through my time in university as a finance major that there will be a lot of topics that you learn uh, and pick up in the in, in the textbooks, a lot of the theory, that you find that it's very clean and very fleshed out with a lot of examples, but they are very they tend to be really contrived because they have a lot of uh, assumptions to make all the workings easier and make um, make everything cleaner. But when you go out into the real world, you tend to find that, hey, actually things are not as clean or as simple as they seem. You know, an, an easy example here is that you, you want to calculate maybe a present value of something, right? In a textbook, they give you a straight-out assumption, here's the interest rate, but what is the actual interest rate that you should be using and that it, it is appropriate that, that is appropriate to use in the real world? You, It's not an easy example. So this is what something something that I wish to explore, ask more questions about, and hopefully figure out through research. Now, the other the other side of getting the answer to this is, is uh, as I've mentioned, is through the experience of others. And that is one avenue that I hope to branch out with the show and that I can bring in guests who are more knowledgeable on this topic or, or guests who are in the working industry and maybe they can shed more light and bring value to both me uh, in a sense that I can learn more about these things and as well to listeners out there who can learn more as well. Now, the second goal I have here is that I wish to deliver a finance and economics focused infotainment product that brings value to our target demographic. Now, uh, back while I was studying uh, as a finance major, I was studying abroad in the United States. They had a very developed uh, podcast market, at least developed in relation to Singapore's side in terms of the number of producers that were that were uh, making shows and making content, and definitely in terms of who are are listening. So as a as a finance student, when when you wanted to know more about uh, current news, when you wanted to know about different topics in finance, or you wanted to know more about investing tips or even budgeting tips, there was always going to be you you it was it was so easy to just go into the iTunes uh, podcast app. And just pick, and just search any term, and you def, you chances are you will find some something uh, or someone who is de- who is uh, delivering the content that you that meets your needs, and and I found that to be of tremendous value because the thing is you it, it's so 
the consuming podcast these days, these days are, is really convenient in the sense that you can consume it, uh, you know, as an alternative to listening to radio or, you know, to uh, say, to say listening to music because you 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 normally listen to them while 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 you're you're on your commute to and from work or. You know, while you're doing, while, while you're working out at the gym, or you're, you're going out for a walk, you're taking your your pets out for a walk, or maybe even while you're doing your chores at home. So, during this time where, you know, people already tend to multitask anyway, you, here's a chance, or here here's different content that you can listen to, and maybe it's more tailored to what you you really want to know. All right, so. In that sense, that 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 brings value, and to our ter- target demographic, the target demographic that we aim for here is that millennials in the age of twenty to thirty-four. So they will be most likely having done with army, um, most likely um, in university, or you know they're looking for work, or they're looking for an internship. They're getting ready to go out there into the real world. Uh, or they've already been out there in the working world and they're, you know, uh, looking to make some really, really key economic decisions, such as buying a house, buying a car, getting married. And they want to look at, they want to try and understand some of the economics behind it, some of why these things are what they are or how or why banks make this kind of loan or why they do things at a certain way. Right. So that covers the first two, uh, first two goals here, the sort of the, the goals relating to the theme of the show. Uh, talking about the finance and economic side. Now onto the podcasting side. The first goal here I have is that I want to convert more locals into regular podcast listeners. Now, I've noticed that podcasts, they have a sort of structural advantage uh, over their their direct um, counterpart. Uh, you know, speaking of traditionally the radio or or just listening to music, in the sense that podcasts are on demand, twenty four seven, highly customizable, uh, portable, and free. And so, in in a sense, did you you as a listener, and I've mentioned this before, you're able to choose and pick the content that you that you that you want, pick an interest, have an interest, and chances are there's likely someone out there, or there's a show out there for you, definitely. So then another another feature that I thought was really uh, sort of beneficial to having have a podcast rather than, you know, a radio show is that the consumption habits of younger Singaporeans tailor more to its podcasts. And, and in this sense is that they have become a lot more tech savvy and open to different avenues of consuming media. Of course, you going around Singapore, you, you could have noticed that, uh, you know, younger children these days are a lot more, um, they, they tend to pick up internet or smartphones or all these or, or technology at a much younger age than perhaps what the older generation did so for example when i was growing up uh, i had my first phone only when i was in maybe 12 or 13 and that was that was just a a, a digital phone and it wasn't even color at the time you, you didn't have internet on it but 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 you know these days you could have kids maybe around five or six they already have their own smartphone and they're just toying away and having all these access that we didn't have before. So these are the, the kind of demographic they're going to grow up, be more tech savvy. They're going to be more open to consuming content on these kind of avenues rather than on traditional platforms such as your radio or your TV or newspaper. So I've got, uh, so I went ahead and did a bit of research on the 
on the local uh, Singaporeans and their consuming habits. So I found out that uh, there was a study done by the Media Development Authority, a, a local government agency here, uh, in 2015. It's called the Media Consumer Experience Survey. So they surveyed around 2,000 participants in the age range of 15 to 65, and it really just suggested, I say, a shifting trend away from traditional media. So, um, so one statistic that showed there was that in the 20 to 29 age group, uh, and you know this this age group is the, the the bulk of the target demographic that we're going for here, is that they we have the lowest average hours spent watching MediaCorp TV per week at 12.2 while the longest was the 60 to 65 age group at 25.7 hours per week. So it's almost double the amount of time that the older generation spend watching locally produced content on traditional platforms rather than uh, rather than our current generation or the millennials, I should say. So at the same time, uh, this, re- this study also found that in the 20 to 29 age group, we have the highest in terms, second highest in terms of consuming media-related apps and websites at 27.2 hours per week, while the 60 to 65 age group spends just about six and a half hours per week consuming through media-related apps and websites. So it just kind of backs up the, the, the earlier claim or the earlier suspicions that I had about younger people being more uh, familiar with using, uh, you know, digital uh, sort of technology, uh, you know, consuming through smartphones or tablets or through the computer rather than just and just watching a TV or through the radio. So, and however, there was one concerning statistic here uh, that I found, and it just it, it's it says that radio nowadays, and this is the alternative to podcasts, radio is still mostly consumed through a traditional radio set instead of through apps or online. So, what they found then, what they found was that. For people who tend to listen to radio or who have listened to radio at least once in the past month, about 90% of them still listen through a traditional radio set. That means, you know, whether you have it uh, built into a car or whether you have it as a a standalone set, rather than listening to different different avenues, different platforms, which are available these days through apps or through, you know, websites, etc., etc. So... Well, it, this can be a little concerning because it says that maybe, you know, for, for consumers who tend to listen to radio, they, they still they still, they still sort of stick to the traditional platform. They're not really exploring different, uh, different uh, avenues through the smartphone and such. And, you know, in a sense, it suggests stubborn or sticky consumer behavior. But then again, it could also be because uh, they've been sort of uh, habitualized to listening it through a through this sort of avenue, you could so you may you can maybe think that oh you know uh, some of these people they've had they've been listening to radio since they were little kids and then you know twenty years later they're still in they're still in the habit of listening to radio. It's just that they never thought about oh you know maybe there's an app for that or you know maybe I could do it online, you know and stuff like that. So they just they're just listening it to uh, out of habit and association basically. So that was uh, covering the first goal, to convert more logos into regular podcast listeners. Now, the second goal that I have here is that I aim to capitalize on a fast-growing industry. Now, what I mean by this is that the local podcast market is minuscule in compared to the American one in terms of both 
the number of people who are listening, the, de- the demand side, people who want to listen to podcasts, at the same side, at, at the same time, minuscule also in terms of the number of people who are actually producing content or the supply side, the people who are actually pumping out shows per week, doing your interviews, doing your sound editing, etc., etc. So it got a b- so I did a little bit of digging here, found out um, in 2016 the podcast consumer research that was done by Edison Research and Trident Digital where they surveyed 2001 Americans age 12 and above. So some key statistics here, about 55% are aware of the term podcasting, up from 22% in 2006. So you can see almost more than, you can see more than double amount of growth in about 10 years time. And that about 21% or, you know, an estimated 57 million, if you project that figure out on the from the sample out to the entire U.S. population, about 21% have listened to their podcast once, at least once in the past month, compared to just 9% in 2006. So again, you see more than double the amount of growth in the space of 10 years. Now, an interesting analogy here that the study brought up was that 21% is also roughly the same proportion uh, as the amount of um, United States citizens who use Twitter frequently. So it is not an insignificant amount of people who are listening, who are consuming podcasts. So that that covers the demand side, number of people listening. And here is an interesting statistic about the supply side, is that by 2015, uh, iTunes US, which is one of the main uh, podcast distributing platforms out there, uh, iTunes US was listing around 206,000 unique podcasts. That's the number, this number of people who are producing content, 206,000 unique podcasts. However, more, more than 60,000 60, or so are active, which means that they've produced more than two episodes in the last month. So, you know, you know there, there, there's this tendency uh, in the U.S. market whereby people produce some show and then after a while they lose interest and it become infrequent and it become inactive. So... But out of those, around 60,000 or so is still active. And that is a huge number of people producing compared to Singapore. So, so I, 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 thought about, I thought about these and there, there could be a number of reasons for this growth. And sort of listed them out here. It, it could include that maybe uh, over the past 10 years or so, the podcast was first introduced in 2005. They were mainly consumed on the personal computer at the time because they were, they were thought of as standalone uh, audio shows and they wouldn't get airtime on the radio and there wasn't a, you know, a proper platform for them where, where people could consume them conveniently. So, so, throughout, so, so since 2005 and up to now, in 2017, there's been a development of way better infrastructure that lowers the barriers of entry uh, for producers, at the same time, makes it more convenient for listeners or for the audience who want to listen to this stuff. So, this is shown through the growth of more podcast hosting sites such as Libsyn, WordPress, or SoundCloud. So, podcast hosting sites are the place where you upload your audio files, and increase of podcast distributors. So, distributors are the ones who sort of take the uh, take the files from your hosting site and and put it on their platform. So these are iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So the majority of smartphone users, they can access uh, podcasts through their smartphone, smartphone very conveniently, very, very conveniently. 
So this makes it a whole lot easier for consumers to access podcasts and for producers to reach their audience. So another reason I thought uh, that could explain this massive growth was that there was a shifting of consumer habits towards more sort of accessible or or convenient platforms. And it was one of the statistics in the in this uh, consumer in this podcast consumer research was that from was that a lot of uh, was that as I mentioned before, people started out listening to podcasts more on the computer uh, than on a smartphone because of the ease of access and the lack of infrastructure development. Nowadays, in nowadays, nowadays, it, the, the the opposite is more so the case. So then, this statistics just basically says in two thousand thirteen, uh, about fifty eight percent of listeners were listening on the computer, forty two percent on the smartphone. But now in 2016, the number has dramatically shifted. It's now only 29% listening on a computer and 71% listening on the smartphone. So signaling really a big shift in consumer habits. So also also something I've noticed and maybe could be an, another reason to, uh, explaining this growth is that podcasts nowadays are used as a part of a multi-channel strategy. So big brands use podcasts as an, an, another avenue by which they can reach their target audience. And I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of you would have noticed here is that nowadays big brands, they don't just, you know, they don't just do their, they don't, they don't just have a, have a brick and mortar shop out there and expect people to, to go to the shop and explain and, and expect to, to maintain brand loyalty and expect to, to solve all your grievances just through, just through the brick and mortar shop alone. Nowadays, uh, you know, companies or brands are expected to have uh, a whole bunch of uh, social networking platforms and you know a lot of them also tend to have maybe youtube channels or a lot of them tend to have their own website or their own blogs and these days i were or what i've noticed that a lot of them tend to have their own podcast as well so for example the economist for example oh or should i say for example bloomberg has podcasts with a discussions around current events whereby they bring along people to interview uh, the Economist has a podcast where they preview some of the topics in their upcoming release, and they do some standalone shows as well. Uh, BBC has a podcast called Seriously that is dedicated to specially produced documentaries. So, where where maybe traditional viewers would have noticed uh, or, or become familiar with BBC as a brand, uh, and you know, sort of associated, that, hey, this is a this is a, a company that really does good documentaries. Because you watch them on TV and you see, holy, like, like, holy cow, the production is excellent. The narration is excellent. You know, now they do these documentaries on uh, podcasts as well. And production quality is pretty good, I should say. Pretty, really good. So lastly, uh, talking about some of the reasons for this, uh, um, for this huge podcast growth in the past 10 years or so, is that much like the explosion of YouTube, Podcasts are now able to cater to a whole range of niche interests, you know, all the way from a- aviation to comedy to language to literature, and it makes it a whole lot more dynamic than traditional radio. In a sense that it's uh, a lot more grassroots. You don't have to have there. There's a lot of ease of access these days. People, people like me, you can just buy a mic. And if you have if you have a little bit of familiarity with uh, audio editing software, you can just create one and produce one on uh, without without much hassle, without much startup costs. That is, of course, in comparison to fully creating a, a radio station. That 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 
where, where you have you have all these uh, sets where you have we have to have a proper state uh, studio and we have to have people working uh, editing the, the the sound and and getting all the licensing for the music etc etc a lot more constraints there uh, a lot more difficult to break into that market so so and this just just this last point of the goals here and this is this is more talking about the uh, the state of um, Singapore podcasting at the moment is that unlike the growth of local YouTube brands, and we've seen a whole lot of this in Singapore in recent years, such as Wabanana or maybe Night Owl Cinematics or Smart Local, these kind of guys who are producing constantly or maybe weekly content, and they've reached out to to, to large audience and have drawn in managed to draw in advertisers, and they're doing this as a day to day as a sort of ways to make ends meet. They're making a living out of it. Podcasting is minuscule in comparison. We have only about 15 to 20 offerings available in the Singapore market. The most, um, to say the largest proportion of which are religious, uh, religiously themed. So you have a lot of sermons or, or, uh, you know, uh, sermons or church church talks and, and stuff like that um, through different churches in, in Singapore where instead of just presenting presenting live, they do it uh, digitally through a podcast as well. Uh, but fortunately, so from what I've noticed, uh, there is some promise in the local local market. And that is through, most prominently, of course, uh, through a show such as Good Hangs by Nathan Hartono, local celebrity Nathan Hartono and John Cancio, uh, where they just talk about basically what happens in their day-to-day lives. And they just talk about, you know, current events, they talk about news uh, celebrities, and they talk about their different shows that they watch and what they've done in the past week. Really, really just sort of chill out and chill out podcast. So another one is the Entrepreneur Podcast by Rajiv Unikrishnan. So what he does is that he brings along a guest in the sort of entrepreneur scene or the IT scene from the Asia Indian Indian market and he just interviews them and talks about their process, how they got how they got started, uh, you know, their experiences, sort of what are the difficulties they face they, they, they have faced, etc. etc. They're catering more towards people in the IT IT side or the entrepreneur side. You wanna you wanna listen to uh, people who have made it, who are currently doing it, and you wanna see what you can learn from them. So another interesting another interesting podcast in the local market. It's called the Misfits Podcast. It's uh, produced by Brian Victor. What he does is he sort of invites these guests along, um, who he defines as you know rebels, uh, sort of people who are not conventional uh, by society standards. You know, some of some of the guests he's brought along is um, there. There was one whereby I think it was the most recent one. He was talking about uh, the last time he went to Australia and he went to he, he went to Couchsurf and he was talking to his uh, Couchsurfing host who was a an Australian citizen but who was an immigrant from uh, Malaysia and he actually he actually went to serve in the Australian Armed Forces as a paratrooper so it was really interesting to hear about sort of um, sort of from 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 his story how he broke away from the mold, away from his parents' expectations, the sort of the difficulties he had to go through making the decision to go into army, the difficulties he had to go through within army, you know, throughout through through a number of injuries, 
some some really really debilitating ones and the loss of friends and also the difficulty balancing social life and your and your army life and as well as the, the, the real difficulty in uh, exiting the armed forces all right so you know th these these are the local shows that are currently being produced i think there is a lot of potential there uh, for a lot more people to come in and make shows to tailor to more niche content. And I, th I think it's really a shame because because th there's I, I find that there's so much to talk about in our local culture and that we already do, uh, to be frank, through different avenues such as uh, through your newspapers, through your blogs, through YouTube, but that, we, but that podcast is sort of an untouched, relatively untouched platform. So... You know, you could have people coming on talking about, say, our racial, our racial diversity. You could have people coming on talking about their favorite food outlets. Uh, you could be, you could have people coming on talking about even sports or, you know, what they've learned in school or what they've learned in their daily lives or et cetera, et cetera. At this point, you know, having more producers is, is going to bring in more. Uh, more listeners, they're going to spread the word more, and they're going to they're going to bring in more people, uh, bring in more people on the de demand side. So that is what uh, I hope to to sort of uh, bring as, as another goal in creating this uh, podcast. So we're done with the goals. Now I hope to touch on some of the values, and I have just five values here, and I'll touch on them briefly. The first of which being to be curious and inquisitive, which of course is important if you're going to be looking to answer questions about the economics of our capitalistic society. Uh, second of which, to be humble, uh, to recognize your knowledge gaps and to accept them. So I'll be the first to admit that I'm just entering, I've just finished university, I'm going to enter the workforce this year. I know little or next to nothing about how the real world operates. I am just naive, I'm just a lamb out there, and I am looking for people to teach me stuff, or I'm looking to learn from other people so that I don't get killed out in the slaughter. So the third point, of course, is to be open. And by that, I mean that the real real world or what I learn sometimes may be different from what I've had or what uh, sort of what, what I had an opinion of. And, I, and it's just that to keep an open mind is to be open to different viewpoints and to consider everything fairly and respectfully. The fourth point, of course, to be grateful. Whatever source I learn from, whatever guests I bring on, I understand that I'm taking their time, and I want to be respectful, and I want to be gracious uh, that, they, they, that they've um, come on the show. And lastly, is to not take it too seriously. Now, there are two, two aspects of this I want to talk about. The first of which being that... Um, I'm not doing this primarily to earn money. And I understand that in the U.S. market, there are a lot of producers who are actually making a living out of podcasting full-time. But I'm doing this as sort of more as a hobby, sort of more to, to, to learn, to teach other people, and as well to develop uh, different networks, different connections here, and basically to do something uh, to get my name out there other than your traditional platforms and means. So in, in that sense, I'm not going to be 
doing the show with a full studio with audio engineers etc etc you know so, some some shows such as the BBC or the Free Economics or the Economist they have fully produced uh, well produced um, podcast shows I'm not going to be doing that I'm just going to be taking it a little bit easier this is going to be a little bit more informal but at the same time uh, hope to be you know uh, insightful and entertaining as well so on that note, uh, that covers about that. That covers the the aims and the values that I wish to take the show going forward. The next show is going to be episode one. We're going to be talking about financial literacy. So that we'll talk about more on the content uh, side of this podcast and explain more about why I decided to chose this as a topic. So thank you for listening, and I hope to see you next time. This has been the Economical Rice Podcast, and see you next week.